0: Shall we do the music? Let's do it. Hi,
1: um, you, Hi, Sam. How Hello.
0: are you? I am... Um, L'a tired.
1: (laughs) Have you crashed now from your caffeine? Yeah. (laughs) It it went real high real quick and now it's just gone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, it's like 20 past eight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm going to go home again. I'm old. You're old. You are old, man. I feel like every time we see each other now, we say that. (laughs) I'm old. Constantly feeling old.
0: Anyway. Do the intro. What was going on this week? Spute some. <laughs> oh my God. Spute some.
1: Are you okay? Spew
0: some hot. Podcasty fucking fire at me. <laughs>
1: so for context, Sam was just laid with his head back and his eyes closed. Are you drunk?
0: No, I'm just. I'm ready.
1: So, um, disclaimer: we did tried doing this episode a week ago, and I feel like you are now like I was a week ago. <laughs>
0: Well, you're not really here. Uh, I laughed to the point of where like I nearly wet myself. It was, oh, it was good. Like it's a shame no one like we might do it as like a blooper reel. But, I think like... we should
1: have it as bloopers. I think we should at least have Amy's fun shark facts as, as bloopers. That uh, was fucking awful.
0: <laughs> one of your facts was like, did you know like whale sharks have spots? Like, yeah, it <laughs> I was, was like, that's not a fact. It made you cry.
1: <laughs> no, oh, well. it was that their spots are as unique as a fingerprint. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. And then yeah. you were like But so there's yeah. a Dalmatian and any
0: other thing that has spots. <laughs>
1: uh, we're good podcasting. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway. That's anyway,
1: that. so to actually tell you what we're talking about. Yeah. Um we thought it might be quite nice to celebrate British Science Week. Woo! Which starts tomorrow actually on the sixth of March. Yeah. Um and it's not actually a week, it's a week and two days. Yeah. Um but the theme this year is our diverse planet. Yeah. And we thought it might be fun to do a little three-part series. Yeah. So we're doing this week is going to be on marine life and all things in the sea.
0: Biodiversity of the deep.
1: Sea. Si. Um and then next week we're going to do forests. Yeah. And then week 3 will be Le desert.
0: Yeah. So it's like a little Pokemon series we're going to do
1: gotta catch them all
0: yeah, blue red and green <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> not in that order though no, no. blue green <laughs> yay okay so we're gonna do like we said marine biodiversity this week amy <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> to you yeah in your brain yeah that brain of yours my big brain yeah Big brain. Mm-mm. What's biodiversity?
1: Can I give my textbook answer? Can I if you like. You can give
0: your textbook answer, but if you want to make it sound like you made it up, that's even better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, biodiversity yeah. is a measure of variation, yeah. basically. So, you have things like species variation. So, what different species you have, the abundance of them within a given ecosystem. Yeah. So ecosystems would be like your forests, your deserts. Not your deserts, <laughs> your deserts. <laughs> your, des- your deserts your deserts. <laughs> you know what the you know why I said that then? Yeah. Is because my sister speaks in that voice and she goes, You got your bellies you got your <laughs> it's getting all like so much stupid. <clears throat> and that fell out my mouth.
0: Yeah.
1: Sorry. Carrying so, us. <laughs> you've got So you've got different ecosystems, which would be forests, deserts. And oceans, or like wetlands, drylands, yeah. all that jazz. Um, so, with biodiversity, you see variation in species and in genetics within different species as well. Um, and basically, put all three together, and if you have a large amount of biodiversity, yeah, you've got a system that's a lot more adapted to, to change. Yeah. Rather than one that is lacking in biodiversity, so if say for example if you had a given species and their genetic makeup is all very similar, yeah, uh, it doesn't tend to be great when like a virus comes in because it might be the case that that species is then not particularly adept at handling that virus or overcoming it. Okay. Um, and then you also have things like, uh, species play a role as well in that. Within a given ecosystem, obviously each species would then have its own role, and if that species to, was to become extinct, who picks up that role? And if you've got a high amount of biodiversity, you would have other species that that then might be able to like recover that damage sort of thing. All right, yeah. Whereas if <laughs> all right, yeah. <laughs> all right. Whereas if you had a lack of that, you might just see a knock-on effect for other species within that ecosystem and then obviously... The circle
0: of life.
1: uh, So yeah, so that's my miniature rundown on biodiversity.
0: Cool.
1: Um, But yeah, so basically the more intertwining there is between those three factors, so genetics, species, and ecosystems, the more well intertwined they are, and the more of, like, the more variation in each of them the more the more you have a system that's adept to overcoming changes. Yeah. So it could be climate change, could be species extinction in some cases, or it could be some things that something new that comes in. So like if you have like a new predator that comes into an area that it's not been in before, how that impacts it as well. Yeah. Stuff like that. So let's talk about some science. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do here. Um so I have three papers and I don't know which one to start with now, actually.
0: Um, well, what I'll do is I'm going to start with a random fact. Oh, yeah, okay. And then we'll go from there. Because in my brain, when I think biodiversity, is. what I did was just Google diverse things <laughs> in the ocean. <laughs> and rather than linking them all together, I've just got them on a sheet and just like... Ended up.
1: This is Sam's contribution to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just a fact. I did it. Shut <laughs> up. Oh, <laughs> uh, you do a lot of work.
0: <laughs> so, Marine life. Yes. Very important. Do you know what else is important? The oxygen we breathe. Yeah. How much of the atmospheric oxygen of the planet is produced from marine life?
1: Ooh. Ooh. I'm gonna say quite a lot. And I'm even gonna you go. F- I'm even quick. gonna go
0: further by one species.
1: Is it whales?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Algae. Whales? <laughs> <laughs> it is a marine phytoplankton.
1: Phytoplankton.
0: Yeah. So it's the plant components of the plankton community. Excellent. So, of in a percentage, how much of these plankton, or how much percentage of oxygen do these plankton produce?
1: I'm gonna say a lot. It is a lot. I'm gonna say like
0: like you'd think that like, everyone says that trees yeah, give off no, the
1: most. That's bullshit. It, it is.
0: is bullshit. I, and I'm gonna give you a hint. It's more not than even trees. close. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, like forty percent. Fifty.
1: Fifty. Fifty percent of the
0: world's atmospheric oxygen comes from one species of plankton. Phytoplankton. Comes from the ocean. The ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I in my head when I read that I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> Uh, I then went through, like, like three it's other different articles. That's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so I went through, like, three different articles. And, yeah, apparently, like, most of the oxygen we have to breathe comes from the sea. It doesn't actually come from trees.
1: So. Nice. Why well, do we get taught that as a myth at school?
0: Because everyone loves trees. And they're just I mean, easy I to look trees. at.
1: I love trees. You know I love trees. Yeah. You know I love all sorts of plants. However... Why were we taught that?
0: Because it's like the basic concept of photosynthesis. Yeah. People get guys, green plants. <laughs> yeah, they do the thing, thing, thing. Yeah.
1: They do the thing, thing, yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> they help us breathe. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm going to repl- refer to phytoplankton as phytoboys from although,
0: now on. Although, oceans have absorbed as much as half of all um, anthropogenic carbon emissions. So all carbon emissions produced by man. Yes. Uh, is that
1: not just because of us putting them
0: there? Uh, no, so just is just natural... Uh, just so, like, yeah, the environment the of the ocean uh, in its natural format yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> has gathered up over the past two centuries, uh, almost as much as half of all the carbon emissions that we've given as a human species so far.
1: That's insane. That's it's a lot. Awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: Although, because it's CO two, obviously CO two and water love making. Calic acids and making it more acidic.
1: Okay, so I, I think I see what you tried to do here, and you yeah. tried to nicely lead me into one of my papers. Yeah. So tell <laughs> me about you. one of your papers, Amy, about <laughs> how acidity Just of the ocean also can affect... Okay, so uh, Sam has nicely alluded to the paper that I... A paper that I picked out to talk about. Yeah. And it's by a fantastic lady called Christina regatz who does well she so she did her PhD at the University of Hull and I met her when she did a postdoc um and I've mentioned it before but I invited to the International Women's Day Conference that I did. Um but she also works a little bit with um The Deep and I've seen that they've basically from the research that Christina has done, they've put up an exhibit to explain the research that she's done, which is all about ocean acidification and so this is some of the research I'm pretty sure she did this when she was doing her PhD Um, but the paper is Ocean acidification affects marine chemical communication by changing structure and function of peptide signaling molecules so basically she looked at a species of crab and um, looked at how ocean acidification has affected them Yeah. and specifically I think to do with like mating
0: yeah, well, um, I read a little bit on... uh, I didn't go on the um, animal side. I went on the coral reef side. Oh, yeah. And uh, I found out that uh, both sort of tropical and cold water coral reefs uh, are super sensitive to ocean acidification. Yeah. And apparently up to 60% of reefs currently threatened yeah. by global warming yeah. and the alteration of acidification of the ocean.
1: That really upsets me. Yeah, because... Coral's fucking beautiful. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sixty percent.
1: Sixty percent. That's a lot. And you look at it, it is, literally goes from this beautiful, like, yeah. colourful landscape.
0: Yeah. And it's super tr- fast as well because like, they're, they're sort of estimating that it'll rise to ninety percent by twenty thirty.
1: That's scary. That's really scary.
0: Yeah, and uh, almost completely gone by twenty fifty.
1: That's really sad. I don't want that to happen.
0: Yeah. Like I don't know if you've <laughs> ever been to the coral reefs or like um, when I went on my gap year. On your so, gaffer <laughs> in Australia? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that lasted four uh, years. Yeah, that lasted a while. <laughs> <laughs> I got three years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went uh, swimming in the coral reefs, and it was sad when I went there. So this was 2014. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, everything's like plain white. It's normally oh, really yeah. vibrant and colourful, and there's all these different sort of myriad of different colours. And then we got to this one part, and you could just tell that like, it was just all white and all dead. Yeah, and it was super sad. <laughs> yeah, and the guy was just like, "Yeah, this is why we're sort of doing like charities in Australia and like a big thing in our yeah. sort of. We uh, want people our way. To being see it is like well. trying to keep the coral reef like as cool, like the Great Barrier Reef is like a big deal because yeah. it's 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 a really good tourist attraction, as, yeah, but yeah. it's also great for like uh, the sort of wildlife even in the ocean as a whole. Yeah, and why wouldn't you want to look after that? That's yeah, like,
1: exactly. It's important. Yeah and yeah. it's special as well
0: anyway yeah so I went the coral reef side back to your animal side
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically as Sam alluded to earlier yeah. high CO2 concentrations have affected the acidity of our oceans yeah. and it's made them more acidic pre-industrial times yeah the pH of the ocean was
0: 8.2 so quite basic yeah That's compared awesome. to neutral water yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah it has now dropped 0.1 units which doesn't sound like a lot yeah. but I'll obviously explain to you briefly in a moment how that does actually impact Um, but it's predicted to drop to 7.7 by the year 2100 which is obviously a whole person's lifetime away but on the same hand that's only one whole person's lifetime away like it's really not that far it sounds like it is but it's not Um, but that would be <clears throat> that would be a really drastic change. Um, and based on only a difference of 0.1 units of pH, um, we're already seeing effects of that. Um, so basically, uh, the study talks a l- little bit about like different marine fish and uh, lava and things like that. And they mainly identify a species of crab And basically, how this crab mates is it will give off um, signaling peptides to look for partner.
0: Mate, yeah,
1: yeah, to obviously reproduce. And because of ocean acidity, it then changes the structure of that cell signaling peptide.
0: So this signaling is this over like a long distance, or is it like a couple of feet, or is it?
1: I don't think it is. yeah, I don't think it is a feat I think it's like it's still in close region
0: alright so they're like still talking to each other like as if they were like talking right next to each, each other <laughs> yeah as if like but I age. know like in comparison to like blue whales that can sort of like miles away from each other yeah
1: but they don't know that they're ready to meet yeah I think is the thing I will double check that um but yeah so basically they looked at these hermit crabs interactions based on water hitch yeah and obviously when they found that uh, the current pH of the ocean, which they pump um, their signals get interrupted because obviously the structure changes.
0: So there's like an isomerization of the.
1: Yeah, and they in the study they measure it by NMR. Um, yeah, you can see the change in the structure. Yeah. Um, which basically means that the partner crab or the mating crab is not able to pick up on it, and therefore.
0: They can't understand each other.
1: They can't understand each other. They, can, they can't. Um, they don't know like the right time for mating, and obviously that has a drastic impact because that leads to extinction. If you if a species can't mate, yeah. it doesn't continue to exist. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's quite scary to me how that tiny difference can have a massive impact. But obviously, of course, it can. Like. Yeah. You know, you're only like as sensitive as the things around you sort of are. Yeah.
0: Um. In, in my head, I honestly thought that the pH difference between then and now would be because of just how much there is mm. of water in general. You'd think it'd be more. You'd think, like what you said, Like it covers 70% of the planet's surface. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is roughly two kilometres deep. That's a lot for you to change. Yeah. So for have to... The human species to have that much of an impact. Like, I is actually changing the pH of an entire
1: ocean. <laughs> like, <laughs> the oceans. <Yeah.
0: laughs> is It shows how much of an impact we are having on the planet. And it's not just to be all sort of high and like, mighty about, oh, we should stop it and stuff like that. Of course, we should stop it. It's yeah. fucking obvious. Yeah. But it's these tiny, tiny differences. Like, the difference between 0.1 and 0.2 holy shit that's a big difference compared to how big the ocean is <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah and the fact that like it only takes that to actually change the alteration of this peptide to uh, for it to then this species could be completely died out in the next couple of years just mm. or the next decade or two just because of this really one small thing now is it is it are we able to change it back
1: <laughs> that's a very good question but I don't really know the answer to that because it's
0: because again it's that big. It's yeah. going to take a lot of work to
1: yeah. And if you're talking about pre-industrial times, that's yeah. what like seventeen.
0: Yeah, so like three hundred years ago. Or something. Yeah,
1: but like I mean I don't know. I mean it's like
0: and it's not just a case of like just adding all... a shitload of lie to it and just hoping that like it goes a bit more basic. <laughs> no, it's not. Like that.
1: <laughs> it's all very like. Exponential though, isn't it? Because yeah. once you start to see a change, it will be exponential. I.e., pre-industrial times, yeah. like
0: noticing knowing... it before rectifying it. There's going to be a big difference between between the two. Yeah, like, you notice eight point between the difference between eight point four and eight point one, but then actually fixing it, it could change from then. I mean, if to your body
1: changed uh, pH from seven point four to like seven point one, yeah, you ain't gonna be all right. Like. <laughs> probably dead <laughs> like yeah but you've kind of i guess like when you put it into that perspective it's like that's how fragile yeah everything is at the end of the day
0: but then again like evolutionary do you think that species will acclimatized to it do you think-
1: well so this is what they they actually tested so yeah. they had different groups of crabs and they pre-acclimated some of the crabs to ph 7.7 7, so okay. what it's predicted to be and then they um, tested them both in 7.7 and 8.1. Yeah. And then they, f- I think they cross-tested them. But either way, so they started them out in 7.7, yeah. tested them in that, and then put them into 8.1. And I'm pretty sure... Let me double-check. Yeah.
0: So this is from birth. It's not just like they've been bred to adulthood and then been point. I don't know if
1: yeah. it's from birth. It's pre-acclimated for one week oh okay so no um, but you do see significant differences between the results mm, so they just say that they tested them in 7.7 and then in 8.1 um, and they said that upon acidification there was a 23% decrease in GHK and LR which are the uh, signaling peptides okay and a twenty two percent decrease of the current GGR form, which again, is they're talking about the peptides. Um so obviously that over twenty percent decrease for each of them massively impacts their breeding then.
0: Okay. That's
1: That's what they're saying. Yeah. So you see twenty percent reduction in the amount of peptides given out but then it's also like that's showing that, like, because you're not—they're not just going to give out like a little
0: bit, yeah—and be like they're sort of floody with it. Yeah,
1: it would be—it would be there presently, so that like any little crab that's walking past can be like get a whiff. Hey, yeah, gonna make some babies. <laughs> <laughs> Made that a bit weird, <laughs> um, but that's a significant difference between the two.
0: Yeah, I d- that is big significant that's not just like
1: that's not just a change in like
0: like I said maybe missing a few signals that's like completely sort of being alright to then completely missing signals altogether and drastically yeah. changing how
1: yeah because you've got to think as well it's in an ocean yeah it's not just like they see yeah. the crab that they want and go yeah.
0: and they don't just hang out in pairs all the time it's not just no. sort of
1: <laughs> it's literally I'm one in a thousand crabs that you can yeah. currently be near please come to me yeah yeah,
0: but, uh, that paper when I first read it, which was about a year ago, so quite a while ago, but, mm. um, I would have read it this week if I like knew it was going to be such a big topic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did tell you on Saturday,
0: <laughs> but I was doing my own research as well.
1: <laughs> well it's been a busy week for yeah. both of us as well. I
0: think. Um, when I read that paper the first time, I didn't realize how much I gave a shit about crabs. No, not just about crabs, but just how much about the ocean was suddenly changed just by simple alterations of pH. Yeah. Like, I thought, I honestly thought animals are quite sort of diverse and could de- deal with a, quite a drastic change in different conditions, but it turns out, like, even tiny, tiny conditions alter the major things.
1: Yeah. Well, it's literally like, it's chemistry, isn't it? It's yeah. what we do. Like, you change the pH of a system. Very, very slightly. Yeah. And if you're talking about something that's peptides, which is literally just, like, yeah. you can... But if it is something that's weakly so acidic easily, and it
0: doesn't take much for it to become... Yeah. ...dissociated, then it's... Then that is... The structure changed indefinitely. That's yeah, exactly. That's just how it is.
1: So it's, like, it's... It, I guess it's kind of, like, not a random study to bring up, but, I mean, it's someone that I know has done the research and that's why I kind of had, like, an interest in it. Yeah. And... I think it is quite cool just to hop on about the deep like I always do. But, like, I think it's really cool that they're actually communicating that to visitors of, like, that attraction because it's something that a lot of people just... Nobody would talk about it day-to-day. You wouldn't really see it very much. I think her work was actually presented on a BBC documentary, someone told me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I know
0: there's a lot of different things that we're sort of doing already. Yeah. Um there's a PhD student, or she should product student now, Sam something. Oh yeah. Uh she's sort of doing some work with Mike Lauch and a few different people, like um trying to get
1: Yeah so they do like um I think they do different phosphates in rivers. So it's like river pollutants, I think. Yeah. Um but they basically do like um microfluidics. So they do like different like easy ways that a day-to-day person could test what's present in, like, river water or yeah. a sample of water. Um, but yeah, her stuff's really cool, and yeah. she does a lot of like science communication as well, which is very important. Good team. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I kind of thought it would also be nice to like, big up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do do some stuff here. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah.
0: No, it sounds like she's because. She's also, like, not just sort of explaining the problem. She's also trying to sort of combat it as well. Like, she's sort of trying to promote to other people, hey, we do have a problem. I've not just found out some information. I'm going to then tell people, and people hopefully then be able to do something about it. Yeah. Rather than just going...
1: It's a nice partnership Rather than just seeing some
0: data and going, oh, well, that's interesting. I'll publish that and then just forget about it.
1: Yeah. It's a nice partnership between two people that really actually care about what they do. Mm -hmm. Like, when they came to International Women's Day... Um, the I, you could see the interaction between the two of them through the day, yeah. And they're both, as in, like Kitajuku who is CEO of the deep, and Christina yeah. who wrote the paper. Um, you could see how much they actually really care about the research that they do.
0: Yeah, her information is actually being shown at the deep now. Like, yes. uh, well, if for those who don't know what the deep is, it's it's
1: a, a submerium. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, is...
0: an, it's an it's an aquarium that you walk underneath. Mm-hmm to actually see like what the
1: like a submarine
0: oh <laughs> well, and you can there's like different platforms so you can see what's happening in like mid-level yeah and you can see loads of different cool stuff it's i really love cool. the deep i think it's cool I love the they've Deep's got penguins much. there that was my favorite not gonna lie man's <laughs> the sharks could
1: you have guessed <laughs>
0: i got to touch a stingray and it was wicked oh sick it ta- tists, it tastes it tastes it felt Delicious. You, you better not be in It felt right? like sandpaper. It was real weird. I wasn't I was oh, yeah. expecting it to be slimy. Do you know
1: why that is?
0: Because it's got teeth on its back. Yeah, because it's a type of shark.
1: <laughs> um there's so much of this that has no yeah. context to it. Because this is basically my drunk mm. brain from last week. I wasn't drunk, I was ill. Yeah. But I felt drunk. Right. Sounded drunk. Anyway.
0: anyway. So, random sound fact number two. Yay. Number two. So Deepest part of the ocean, Mariana Trench. Yes. Off the coast of Guam. Yes. So, around Japan and the Philippines. Yes. That whole area. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, it. it is 11 kilometres deep, mm-hmm. so roughly, like, seven miles, mm-hmm. 6.8 inch change or something like that. How many of the tallest building in the world do you think you could fit in it?
1: I don't know how big the tallest building in the world. <laughs> so, well, if I tell you that it's just Mats. <laughs> I know it. I know it's the what is it called? The, it's the, the Burj Khalifa. Burj so Khalifa. Yeah.
0: So it's uh, roughly eight hundred and thirty meters. Something okay. like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So you can fit like at 13. least yeah. yeah. Which I think, like I think of a big building I know, which is really simple. <laughs> It's not that big. But then big. thinking 13 of them stacked on top of each other is still quite high.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is actually that's
0: yeah.
1: That's like spooky spooky deep. Yeah.
0: And just to make it even sound even bigger, you could put Mount Everest in it
1: and still oh, have at yeah. least
0: a mile of water above that as well.
1: Yeah.
0: And even a mile of water sounds like a lot to me. So it's a mile of water followed by the entire <laughs> height of Mount Everest <laughs> and then you touch the bottom. My head Cannot concept how deep that is. No, I I
1: really can't figure
0: that out. And apparently, animals actually live down there. (laughs) They just chill. Like it's just.
1: Can you believe animals (laughs) actually live down there? But
0: at what point are you swimming down there, and you think, "Am I too far? (laughs) I am quite deep." I think me. You 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 could get six miles down and just be like, "This is still not the bottom."
1: (laughs) Still swimming.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Just keep swimming. Just.
0: So, like, in terms of the vastness of the ocean, Mm-mm. it's not just how, like, the breadth of it, the depth of it is also, how, like, ridiculous. It's so where I, are all
1: the things hide that we don't know about yeah. yet.
0: Apparently we know more about the moon than we do the ocean, which is real weird.
1: That's, that's
0: spooky. Uh, and that's a completely separate planet. But I also <laughs> love that. I, I
1: love the mystery of the deep. The deep blue. <laughs>
0: Because uh, I read somewhere that, um, because of how deep it is, mm-hmm. and how our technology is sort of getting better and better, mm-hmm. um, we're discovering roughly about 2,000 species a year, just by Bloody going further hell. and further down.
1: That's, wow, that's yeah. cool, isn't it?
0: That's a lot of different species. That is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's it. A function. Anyway,
0: and apparently, as the further you get down, there's something called abyssal giantism. Mm. And that's where you got all the big giant squids.
1: Oh yeah! <laughs> Tell us no. about your giant squids, sir. Uh, yeah, so
0: you go about two thousand meters, so about two kilometers down, mm. and you get the abyssal deep, or the the abyssal giantism sort of area. Mm. But then you can go down even further, because mm. the hadal section, which is Ooh. Hades. So Sexy. that's
1: that's low. <laughs> get low, get low. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, you get to the heddle section, and apparently, like, they get even bigger. Mm. And then uh, there is on record, apparently, although there's no pictures of it anywhere that I could find, Mm. uh, there was a giant squid that was 43 feet, which is.
1: Again, I just cannot comprehend how big that is. To be a a squid.
0: Yeah, that's. That big. That's a bus. Like, the length of a bus as an animal that is, like, normally roughly, like, a foot long.
1: You know what that reminds me of? <laughs> it's going to sound real, real stupid. But you know what it reminds me of? What? Um, In Jurassic Park. Real big Park, squid. <laughs> In Jurassic Park. Yeah. No, Jurassic World, sorry. Okay. The newer, the newer lot. Yeah. Where she does, like, the... She's doing the talk, and then it was, like, the main bit of the trailer where, like, the big sea daddy comes out. <laughs> the big sea and daddy. And eats the shark. <laughs> and then they splash, he splashes under. Yeah. And then uh, they all like go underground, and they're like, "Wow!" I'm literally thinking this because I watched this film last week in the background. I can't remember the name of it. Well, I
0: remember watching that movie, and there's like this big sort of threatening sort of super T-Rex that they've like genetically spliced together, maybe something. And then like out of nowhere, just that. (laughs) <laughs> that sea creature from the beginning just comes out and goes Nom. <laughs> and I was like what a fucking anti <laughs> Just, I thought it was going to be like the little blue no. dinosaur that looks after Chris, R- Chris Pratt that like saves him and then Blink. like yeah blue <laughs> and then like out yeah, of nowhere it's just like he <laughs> just comes out of the ocean no
1: it's the T-Rex yeah. and a Dominus Rex is yeah. what it's called they fight at the yeah. end yeah they do and the T-Rex wins and goes Wah! And yeah. then wanders off, and then he comes back in the second one and saves them from the exact same fate again. Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: yeah. I do remember that giant was one coming out and snack. just like... Yeah, just coming out and just going... Gow.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of that. When I think of the giant squid, yeah. I think of something like that. Well, it's not that big. No, I know. Okay,
0: so that one was like a football stadium. Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> that one was like...
0: Yeah. This one's a bus. <laughs> yeah. But, like when you normally think of squid you think of like they're not like <laughs> the biggest <laughs> well I do when there's a lot of squid, vegetarians out there of... that I've just suddenly gone no I don't think of that at all <laughs>
1: when you think of squid yeah. you get hungry <laughs> yeah.
0: although I don't actually like calamari <laughs> it's like a eight, I'm eating a rubber band it's...
1: well then you've had bad calamari it yeah. should never taste
0: chewy maybe so
1: calamari's delicious let's talk yeah. more about Borea <laughs> <biodiversity. laughs>
0: So, yeah, pretty big. And apparently, this giantism is like just sort of known throughout like the, the further depths of the ocean. Anyway. So, anyway, I Random sound facts. <laughs> random sound facts. Finished.
1: <laughs> okay. Thank you for your rest. <laughs> It, like, for this entire oh, podcast, this we... is
0: just my like input. I swear to god, like, I, I did research just on random facts, I didn't actually That's do like a full story. So like, literally, Amy's...
1: you find it in the top 10 no, like, no, like <laughs>
0: Amy's coherent stories. I just looked at coherent, are you having a laugh? <laughs> <laughs> versus my sort of just looking on PubMed and just googling random <laughs> animals and then putting giantism next to it and just seeing what comes up. <laughs>
1: what animals are giant in yeah. deep water? No, um, coherent will very much be down to your editing, <laughs> yeah. your editing only. <laughs> so, basically after this, I fell down the rabbit hole of plastics.
0: So, so from the whole point of, like, human causality? Or-
1: yeah, so I was basically looking at, like, marine biodiversity, and yeah. I was thinking, okay, so what changes this marine life? Yeah. Us is the answer. It's always us. Obviously.
0: What happened to the thing? Us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Humans equal shit. Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome. Dogs are better than us. And I can give you a PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) 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 Featuring my sister's husky. And that is all you need. Anyway. Yeah. Paper number one was Pollution of Marine Environment by Plastic Debris. And this was basically a review article that summed up um, what percentage of debris found in oceans is plastic.
0: And is this just all plastic, like, including microplastics and all everything? Yeah, everything. Okay.
1: So, um, so in the paper, it reviews multiple different studies that have all taken place like around the world. Mm-hmm. And table one was something of particular shock to me, and. I was kind of explaining this to someone, and they were like, "Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all." And I was like, "How?" So basically, pretty much, seventy to eighty percent of all the debris that you see around the world, based on this study, which is worldwide, eighty um, percent of it is plastic. Pretty so, much. So,
0: like, of all things that like are then tossed into the ocean are plastic. So of eighty percent.
1: well, that's me giving a very broad yeah. statistic there. But as in like the average from this paper yeah. which has done worldwide studies or collated worldwide yeah. studies, I should How say. How long was
0: the study like?
1: We will get to that. Yeah. So, um a couple of random point out ones. Um European coasts, over seventy percent of debris found on the seafloor is plastic. Uh Data pulled for from over fifty African beaches, so on the beaches themselves, over ninety percent of debris picked up was plastic, and this is not that uncommon. So out of thirty-seven studies that they pulled together, only two places showed less than fifty percent of debris being plastic. Being. So.
0: The two places.
1: Oh, <laughs> so that's Dominica in the Caribbean, and. Fog bit in North Australia, which is one bit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one study in one bit, yeah. which I don't really think you can classify as like a region. No. Or compare to a region. So 37 study, 35 studies, sorry, yeah. are showing over 50% of the debris yeah. that they find at either shoreline, sea level, deep sea level, or beaches Yeah, as fifty percent of
0: that is plastic. Fuck yeah!
1: When do you think this study is from?
0: Um, I want to say over the past five years.
1: Nope. This
0: is it from like when plastic was invented. No. So, like I was gonna <laughs> say like because like plastic was what 1907. I think it's oh, something it's very early now nineteen hundreds.
1: I want to yeah. I want to say, yeah, say like maybe in like sixties.
0: Oh, no, it's way before that. The actual, like, polymer plastic. Oh, no, like, invention of plastic, yeah, yeah it
1: was way before that. Like, distribution like, of it, like, globally. commercialization yeah, yeah. and, like, Tupperware and yeah, shit. Yeah, it was a bit later, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, maybe like the late 70s then.
1: Um. So, it starts around then. Yeah. But the, so obviously, this is a review piece. Yeah. So, they've pulled a bunch of different studies. But this review is published in 2002.
0: Okay, so it's obviously increased over the past twenty years. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so that to me, I was like, "That's how bad it was then." Yeah.
0: So twenty years ago, it was and already. And we're pretty
1: much only just doing something about it now. Yeah.
0: So I reckon it's probably in the like the nineties now, like as a yeah. guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you, there are literal like trash islands, aren't there? Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, is it in the
1: I... is it in the Bahamas or the Maldives or somewhere yeah, where it's, it's the like one
0: that's, uh, uh, twice as big as Texas? Yeah. Like, which is. Horrific.
1: Yeah, Texas is like is the, the biggest state, state in America. America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fucking insane. <laughs> but it really, it really annoys me, as you can obviously tell, and yeah. it should annoy everyone yeah. really. And it's
0: uh, the I, I I know it's not like part of it, but it's, the weird thing I found out is that um uh, that's a naturally occurring thing. So like it's just gone to this like and everything's just sort of conglomerated together. Yeah, it's like it's not just a massive bits and bobs of plastic it's like a giant just big clump
1: mm. well it's like um it's like the the goo under london isn't it
0: <laughs> the, the goo the, the fatberg yeah yeah
1: what's it what's it actually called
0: that no, is what it's called it's fat fatberg is it yeah it's just it's like it's all trans fats and mm. everything that people pour down the sink when they're mm. sort of like getting rid of bacon fat and stuff and, um, all just congeals into. You know, all I just, just congeals into this one giant clump in the sewers, and then there's also like everything else people throw down on the way that doesn't uh, degrade, like mm. baby wipes and yeah. all this random shit, and yeah. so it's just this huge mess. But anyway, like,
1: <laughs> it's just yeah.
0: Humans it's are awful. Sincere. The end. <laughs>
1: Humans are awful.
0: But people are doing stuff about it.
1: Yeah, and I think to be fair, when I was researching this, like beyond this study and i was looking for like newer references to see like are there any new reviews to say what it's like over the past 20 years and i couldn't find i mean this is probably just the little time i had to research it but like i couldn't find anything as big as a review as this to compare it to so i could find like single studies or like a couple of studies merged together and they were generally looking at like 50 to 70 percent but obviously comparing like shoreline to deep sea is going to be different or like surface waters is going to be different you're going to try and
0: no i i just thing? remembered that i uh, as i was reading a very similar paper yeah. um i found an article that explained how there are, one way of going about it is um there is a bacteria that actually eats plastic yeah which is called Idionella um, mm. um and basically it eats um, PET, so polyethylene, mm. and then uh, just gets uh, just excretes carbon. So basically, like you can just go straight back into the soil. Yeah. Which is, if they could do that in mass production, would be phenomenal.
1: It's it's if it would though, isn't it? Because yeah. everything has a knock on the pe- knock on effect at the end of the day, like it sounds like it would be really helpful and it probably would be helpful for solving one problem but it doesn't mean it would come without something else Yeah. so it's like it's finding and like nobody has got the perfect answer to this but it's finding something that or like a mixture of things that will work in tandem to help us get rid of the mess that we're in but obviously so going off the back of this Obviously, it's going to vary like between regions and seas and where you're looking at within the sea and everything like that. But it's going to have an impact on marine life. and We already know this anyway. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody needs to be told this anyway. But ingestion of plastic is obviously a big problem now.
0: Yeah. And Well, especially microplastics, because you just breathe them in now. It's like a, yeah. everyone is exposed to microplastics now yeah. as a whole anyway. It doesn't matter if it's near the ocean or whatever. It's, like it's a constant... Pollutive source now
1: which is quite scary isn't it like when you think about it yourself like yeah. everybody's seen those like fear-mongering articles where it's like we are now made up of this much amount of plastic and it's yeah. like mm, well, we're not but like yeah it's in us definitely but um there was a couple of different studies on um different types of uh species and how they're impacted by it Yeah, and there was one that i pulled out which was a study on over a thousand beds um off the coast of North Carolina that feed on surface water yeah so obviously oh, that's cool they want to eat fish um but it was found that fifty five percent of the species recorded had plastic in their guts over fifty five percent
0: yeah <laughs> don't like that don't um, like that one bit that's really bad yeah
1: and I was watching it was funny enough actually I was watching uh i think I was watching the news the other day and Oh, was it the news was something on after the news but it, they were basically like cutting up um like seabed bellies and just picking out all the plastic out from it and it's just really quite like to see how like small their stomachs are as well because yeah. obviously in comparison to us it's completely different but like a tiny bit of plastic to what looks like a tiny bit of plastic to us yeah. is literally like a basketball shredding their insides yeah
0: like... Now this might sound like we're, we're doing a podcast on basically save the environment. Don't, like, throw away your plastics if you don't have to and stuff like that. But it is, we're trying to be as sort of concise about this stuff. But, like, when you go down a rabbit hole, like, the main thing that yeah. came out of this to us was that... It's scary. It is one of those things that I, I personally have been really shitty about. Yeah. I've I think th- everybody's I, guilty of it. I used to it. buy and throw away a plastic like you wouldn't believe. It's just yeah. like... But that was until like recently. Mm. And um I do try and sort of, sort of like help it now, but um but the thought of over fifty percent of birds, so they don't even live in the no, ocean I don't think
1: it's fifty percent of all birds. <laughs> you just said of No, it was study on a thousand birds collected.
0: Yes, yeah, so... so it's a study of like if it's like a different species of bird, you can just assume it's all birds. Unless it's just on seagulls. Or is it just on? I don't know the like... <laughs> I don't
1: know the specifics of the bird, <laughs> but
0: no. But I mean, like I I thought there was some sort of cross. There are differences birds. in species yeah. between it, yeah. but
1: as the overall study collected,
0: so can we say a thousand,
1: a thousand birds
0: nudes of different yes. bird species? So it's quite a variation between seabird. Yes, that there are.
1: Yes, they're all just in one region, which yeah. would be North Carolina. Yeah, um, and fifty percent of the species had plastic. And goats. did
0: they test anywhere else?
1: No, it's a it's a
0: So it's just regional a local study, study yeah. yeah. So, so it may not be as bad everywhere else, but... It, no, it might not. No. But, then but going it, from Sod's Law. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and if, if we're looking at the previous review of the amount of plastic that's just in our oceans, on our shorelines... I mean, it's not representative of everywhere, obviously, and these are probably more, like the higher end of the spectrum figures but I don't want to see like in European coasts that there's like 80% of debris is plastic nobody wants to see that
0: yeah well um, apparently I just looked at a figure uh, and apparently the world uses over 500 billion plastic bags a year which
1: is nobody needs that many plastic a... bags
0: so that's 150 for each person on earth
1: That's stupid.
0: That is Uh,
1: stupid. Idiotic. (laughs) But it's like the thing is, I was thinking about this and obviously once you get into this head like this mindset, you go into the whole like what are we doing and what can I do to stop this? And over I've this has been something I've been thinking about anyway for the past like couple of months, if not year. But like wanting to go plastic free Intention versus like ease of doing, so incredibly difficult.
0: Yeah, but if you if you're adamant in doing it, it's not it, it's I not mean, impossible. It's, it's difficult, but it is worth doing. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's like if I do get anything that's plastic now, I will reuse it until I cannot use it anymore. Like, I bought one bottled drink at work about three months ago. For
0: shame, Amy. For shame.
1: No, but I get really annoyed at myself for it because I don't like using them. But then I'll just use the same one. But then that's also not good for me because I'm definitely ingesting just microplastics from using the same bottle over and over again. Do clean it out, obviously. But yeah,
0: we are trying to find ways to solve it by, like, saying these like plastic heating bacteria mm. and other sort of like trying to make uh, dissolvable plastics and stuff like that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if we keep making plastic. It, it takes so long for plastics to degrade, which mm-hmm. is the main problem for it. Yeah. Is that I remember oh, I must have been like a kid when uh, there was an advert on TV where it was like um, ink cartridges, when they go on landfills, take mm-hmm. over 400 years to degrade. Mm-hmm. Now, in my head, yeah, it's only a fucking ink cartridge. <laughs> but then if everyone thinks that, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> if
1: every household has a printer that's using four foreign cartridges yeah. and then it's just going oh
0: it costs 13 quid to refill a cartridge or it costs a tenner to just get a new one i'm just gonna get a new one yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. but that's
1: that's bad isn't it yeah. that they're more user-friendly option the thing is as well what i think would be such a vital part to like reducing plastic waste is if you bought a product for something yeah. to send the packaging back when you finish with it. I know that creates, like, a big transit thing.
0: Well, it's just, like, supermarket stuff with really stupid things, like when they put fruit and veg in plastic. Unnecessary. Yeah, if it comes... Like, just put a series of brown paper bags next to the fruit and veg. I will cope. You don't need to put it in, like, a plastic container that holds four apples. Yeah. I can probably figure that out myself. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: it's even worse when it's non-recyclable plastic as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, if it's recyclable, you can kind of be, like... Okay, I still know this isn't good, yeah. and I don't want to use it. I don't really need my veg in a plastic container, like no. you said, but at least it's going to be recycled. Yeah, but then it's if it even is really. Yeah.
0: Well, another um, is it uh, smart water? They're completely recyclable now, hundred percent. Oh yeah, and, uh, they or the plastic they use is from recycled plastic as is. Yeah. So like they've almost got like a zero plastic emission. Yeah. Which is pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's, it steps in the right direction, yeah. isn't it? I
0: mean, it's yeah, we're still very, very far away from, like, again, zero plastic emissions, but yeah. it's getting slightly better. It's so like, there's a silver lining there somewhere.
1: Yeah, and, like, a a big thing was, like, a I think it's definitely more, like, within cosmetics and stuff like that, but, yeah. you know, like, um, shampoo bottles and stuff. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which company it was, but they I think it might have been Lush, but they were basically like, shampoo is like mostly water. Yeah. It's basically just all the raw like surfactants and cleansers yeah. mixed into water. Why don't we just do shampoo bars like we would soap bars? Yeah. And then it removes the need for tons of packaging, extra water used. It'll probably
0: last longer as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so like shampoo bars have been quite a big thing that have yeah. like come in now. Which, once I mean, finish my bottle of shampoo, one, but... I'm going to use yeah. one. I, funnily enough, actually, <laughs> when I got my job, the recruitment agency that I got hired with yeah. sent me a marine conservation pack. And they were like, congratulations on your new role. But <laughs> it was really funny because, out of context, I had no idea who this package was from, right? And it just yeah. randomly arrived at work one day. And the card that was inside it was just a card of a dolphin.
0: Just a dolphin. <laughs> there was no, like, message. No context. No, just...
1: no congratulations. No well done. No, like, new job. It's just Literally just a dolphin on the front of the card. And I was like, who has sent me this? <laughs> I mean, thank you. It Dolphins was really nice. Race, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but...
0: Oh. Oh, well, that paper was a lot more morbid than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Wah, wah. You know what?
1: You know what was quite funny and ironic? Yeah. So Michael O'Neill tweeted us last night saying, have you ever thought about <laughs> ending on a downer <laughs> to make fun of your jaunty music? And we're doing that this episode.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, this might be just more of a sort of justice warrior sort of podcast about, like, stop.
1: Yeah, sorry.
0: Shit. But um, I hope that you actually listened to it and had a bit of fun with it. Because- yeah, I mean, like... The message, like the takeover message is a bit more sort of selfish than normal, which is stopping fucking horrible to the planet. <laughs> yeah,
1: and like everybody is responsible for, are they? And yeah. my last parting words will be do not blame other countries that do not recycle yet or yeah. are not as eco-conscious. Uh, yeah, don't just blame
0: like, huge mass corporations. No. Like, uh, oh, yeah, BP with their bloody oil. Mm-hmm. It's like, you still do fucking shit that damages the system. You still use it. Yeah. You fuel
1: up your car, <laughs> yeah. your fucking three-litre engine <laughs> car that you don't need. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, like the
0: one thing that like people don't understand is like, it's, people it's buy off ignorance. Use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's if all out of sight, base. out of mind. So if I'll just keep making, if I keep buying this thing and I don't see a change, then it's not. It's changing. not my problem.
1: Yeah. I didn't do it. Yeah, but it's also my point was going to be: don't blame other countries that don't seem to be as eco-conscious because at the end of the day, that's not how it works. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter.
0: You don't need to be all high and mighty about it.
1: (laughs) No. And and it's and it shouldn't be a reason that stops you doing anything good as well. Like I've had people say, like, oh there's no point in recycling because it all um gets dumped anyway, or like, there's no point in recycling because like America don't do it to the extent that we do. And it's like, so do it. (laughs) (laughs) Make the change that you wanna see.
0: Yeah. Or like gun do Contribute (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: It just really winds me up. It really pisses me off.
0: So next week, we're going to be doing forests. We're going to be doing Greenland. Please. And trying to sort of talk about a bit more diversity. And hopefully, we're not going to be as selfish as that one and talking about deforestation and all this stuff. We might try and just keep it upbeat and yeah. light. And Once
1: you're time to do the bulk of research. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about feelings. You're uh, all well, about facts. So... That's why we have a periodical banter <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it's just, that's
0: got to be our fucking t-shirt, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. It's Thank okay. you for so, listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. And next week, we'll try and just be a bit more upbeat. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're both very tired. <laughs> Bye, everyone.
1: Bye-bye. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Periodical B or periodical banter. Thanks, bye.